For streaming, creating, gaming, and more, power your passions for less during Dell's exceptional Cyber Savings event. Enjoy up to $400 off stunning laptops like the XPS, along with high-performance desktops and next-level Alienware systems, redefining what's possible with 10th-gen Intel Core processors. Shop special prices on top-brand electronics and accessories, plus enjoy free shipping on everything. Don't forget to ask for Intel when you call 1-800-BUY-DELL. That's 1-800-BUY-DELL. Hi, how's it going? Happy Friday, January 17th, 2020. This podcast is brought to you by the greatest ticket buying platform on planet Earth and the moon. Just woke up our duck. Just woke up our duck. Sea <laughs> um, Geek, if you're looking to buy a ticket to any live event, whether it's music, whether it's comedy, a game, Anything that needs tickets, SeatGeek is the place to go because they scan all the other ticket buying platforms to make sure you're getting the best value for the ticket that you're buying. You're not going to get catfished either. The ticket that you buy is the ticket that you get. So you can shop with confidence. They're a presenting sponsor, the first sponsor that I ever had after retirement. I mean, the greatest company. And they sell the best tickets at the best prices to the best humans. And that's you because for some reason you chose to listen to this podcast. And for that, I thank you. Right now, use promo code PAT. You get $10 off your first order. Promo code McAfee, $20 off your first order. Holy hell, today's show is packed. Aaron Hernandez documentary conversation. That was wild to me, man. I watched that whole thing. Did the old binge watch, no big deal. Part of the cool crowd. I was up till the wee hours of the morning watching it, just completely intrigued by, you'll see, you'll hear. Just so sad. Sad. Senseless murders, a gifted athlete making terrible decisions, and just two very different lives. And a human like that exists. I mean, I, we talk about that. Talk to Dante Hall, who's an absolute legend, the return specialist, the X Factor, the human joystick, and Lorenzo Alexander. Let's get to it. Today's a good one. I thank you for listening. You're the absolute best. Tweet me throughout this thing. Tell me what you like and what you hate. I can't thank you enough. Cheers. Aaron Hernandez, Doc, shocking. Very shocking, especially for the people of the New England area, I would assume, to learn a little bit more about it. I feel like you guys knew more about the rest of, than the rest of the world, especially about the other two killings. I'll talk about that here in a second. At Nick Moraldo on the ones and twos, Tone Diggs, Ty Schmidt, Jason McAfee. Good to see you, Jay. <laughs> and Jay. At Viva Lazito, at Evan Foxy, and Todd McComas. I think, to be completely candid, while watching that Aaron Hernandez documentary last night, I completely forgot about Aaron Hernandez. Mm -hmm. I think the NFL and the powers that be, whatever it was, eliminated Aaron Hernandez from the pop culture Rolodex so quickly that I completely forgot about an absolute monster that was playing in the NFL. I had just watched The People versus uh, O.J. Simpson like two weeks ago. So I've, I've been all in on these athletes that just make terrible decisions and, you know, murder humans basically and the oj one i think was much better done i think it was much better done i think this aaron hernandez documentary was not pieced together that great by the filmmaker but to learn and relearn about the story was kind of shocking and honestly so depressing i i think yeah. you obviously have to feel for odin lloyd and the two guys that got killed inside of the boston theater district there and then whoever he killed in florida and all these other who knows however many other people that he died uh, that he killed but also, 
such a waste of a gifted athlete that Aaron Hernandez was. And this is the same thing that people probably felt with O.J. Simpson was this guy was one of the greatest athletes of all time who was just an absolute buffoon and made terrible decisions and a sociopath. And Aaron Hernandez was obviously the same exact thing. To be able to just murder people in cold blood and then piece that aside and play in an entire league, an entire game, an entire whatever, and make $40 million is just absolute insanity. And it, it hammered home the fact even more of that your upbringing and the culture that you're around on a regular basis can change you and affect you forever and and obviously anybody that watched the documentary last night there was over a million i guess google, google searches search. of aaron hernandez because i think much like me and I, I mean i was in this world i was in the nfl the conversation about aaron hernandez whenever this all came out in the locker rooms was wild i mean because you're talking about there's a, there's a lot of people in nfl locker rooms that think they're gangster right there's a lot of people in nfl locker rooms that come from terrible neighborhoods so they got to put on and all that stuff but there was nobody really about that life like Aaron Hernandez is what we all learned very quickly there was a chance that I dapped up Aaron Hernandez after a game too like I'm not 100% certain I did but there is a chance that me and Hernandez dapped each other up in that hand that I dapped up with after a game and I think we might have beat them at that particular time or or lost one or the other it was potentially just holding a revolver just emptying it into a car and then waking up the next morning and going and working out and going into a football facility and acting like nothing happened that is such a sad, sad, sad story. Think about the Patriots, by the way. If they would have had Aaron Hernandez and Rob Gronkowski for, you know, the duration of that $40 million contract he signed, it would have been the Baltimore Ravens, what the Baltimore Ravens yep. are right now with all the tight yeah. ends and everything like that. Oh, yeah. To Bill Belichick's credit, now he and Kraft, I mean, they brought a terrible human being into new england which should be there's no way anybody could have expected that a human from bristol connecticut was going to go to the new england patriots and just be a complete murderer and stuff like that so i think guys what i saw from belichick in his speech was actually pretty good leadership where he was like every time we bring somebody in this community we try to do our best like i think they were even blindsided by all this as the community was but man, this is such a sad, sad story that I watched last night in that. And I had completely forgot that it existed. And I would I would recommend everybody watch it, to be honest with you, because I think you learn a lot about not just football and the NFL and the amount of money that's made and everything like that. But you're just talking about a human that was walking amongst other humans, walking amongst elite humans, Tom Brady, showering next to Tom Brady at like four o'clock in the afternoon. And then at 2 a.m., he was out at a club doing like 50 cent shots, getting upset, and emptying an entire revolver into a car, going back to bed, waking up the next morning, playing catch with Rob Gronkowski, and then put that on repeat for the next couple years. I think there was obviously a couple interesting situations where Alexander Bradley, the guy that he allegedly shot in the eye, was trying to kill him, and the, the Patriots set him up with a hideout apartment that was later deemed a trap house, by the way. Whenever it first came out, everybody was like, this is where he was selling drugs out of and stuff like that. He wasn't selling drugs. He was hiding out over there so that he wouldn't get killed. It was just, I think I learned a lot. I think I remembered a lot, but the only thing I, I took from it is just how sad, how incredibly sad it is that that happens. And in very recent history, that was not that long ago, that somebody who was at the top, the peak of their life, could make decisions that would ruin not only their life, their family's life, but other human beings who had nothing to do with anything. It's just sad that that's how humans exist. And I would argue that Aaron Hernandez's mother is Probably top five worst moms of all time. Yeah, well, yeah. easily. And it scared the hell out of me to have kids. To be honest, it scared the hell out of me to have kids because if you're a bad parent, there's some bad things that can happen, even if that person happens to be one of the greatest athletes mm -hmm. of all time like Aaron Hernandez was. That was wild last night. Did it go through and did it 
did the Patriots organization or any of the teammates or coaches or anything know that he was this type of human being outside of the locker room? No, it, it felt like nobody had a clue. He had two different lives, two very different lives, I think. And the only person that probably really knew about it was his fiance, Shayana, who she now you want to talk about ride or die. Yeah. Shayana was, was a ride or die. Even when her sister's boyfriend was murdered, she was the only one that showed up at his second trial, the one that he was found not guilty. She was the only person sitting behind Aaron Hernandez. Not his terrible mom, who was just probably a massive part of this whole thing happening, but she was a ride or die. It felt like the players, though, had no clue. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the players knew that he was, you know, maybe, maybe did the dope. You know, maybe he smoked the dope and things like that. But I don't think they had any clue that they were living amongst a gangster and tim tebow by the way he has to run for president at some point (laughs) he had tim tebow has to run for president the the way he answered that like they were obviously tim tebow was with him in college tim tebow was with him at the patriots when this all happened it was tebow mania up there in uh, foxborough and you know i mean just the way he handled that was incredible rob gronkowski almost fought somebody i think they were all heartbroken too like just how i feel like watching that and how i think everybody probably felt watching that is just how sad of a situation it was now this is not saying I ever feel bad for Aaron Hernandez for killing those. I, I feel much worse for the humans that were innocent that got murdered, obviously. But Aaron Hernandez, I would assume everybody that makes the NFL understands that, man, look at us. Like, hey, we made it, right? All of our years of hard work, all of our years of dedication from wherever our background is, from if it's a single parent to to terrible neighborhoods, we, we made it up here and we're like proud of each other. And then to see that colossal collapse like that just from bad decisions i think it was very sad and you know i think gronkowski took it very very hard to be honest in that documentary there was a time where this guy because they're in the same room you gotta remember rob gronkowski Mm -hmm. Aaron hernandez drafted the same year they're in the same room and that can either be something where you hate each other or you get along and i would assume gronkowski and hernandez at work got along i would assume that that's just the way they are hey we're gonna work hard we're gonna get there and i think it was heartbreaking for everybody but boy what a sad, sad, sad situation. I would recommend the documentary, even though I think they put it together in a trash manner. Like, I, I think it was put together in a trash. It was bouncing around. I think they didn't know what they wanted to do with it. But the story, just being reminded of it, was like, damn, that was not that long ago. And there was a, I mean, there's a legit chance that we, we hey, man, what's up? And I'm just like, huh? Oh, yeah, you killed maybe 25 people. <laughs> it's insane that people can compartmentalize yeah. that. And then when he goes to jail, they're like, oh, yeah, he was just comfortable in jail. <laughs> like, he was just happy to be there. It was like, damn, got a lifetime tat as soon as he got in there. He was in solitary confinement and still found a way to beat the hell out of somebody. I mean, it was just like, what a spectacle of a human. And then, obviously, they study his brain. Mm-hmm. And it comes out that he has CTE and this this incredibly now by the way i think we in in the world make cte jokes on a regular basis i think after watching that documentary i would i will not do it anymore because i honestly believe the guy had something seriously wrong with his brain like i think his mom was a terrible influence on him i think his dad was a terrible influence on him and now granted he has a lot of respect for his dad for whatever reason but i think his upbringing in that house was obviously a dysfunctional one but i think his brain I mean, a lot of people are going to say like, well, that's just an excuse. That's just an excuse. But then when they put his brain next to what a normal brain looked like, there's obviously something cooking up there. I I think the CTE joke should maybe relax for a little bit until we continue to learn a little bit more because it seems like that really messed up a a, a lot of people's lives, the way his brain was just battered and it looks smaller than other brains. It made no sense to me. Do they they frame it as that being the main like linchpin for him or is it more his upbringing? Because you obviously wouldn't be able to study like the mom. Okay. The mom. If you watch that documentary, the mom seems to be the main reason. 
It seems to be the main reason. But that story was, I completely forgot about it. I, 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 and I feel bad that I forgot that it even, like whenever they're like Aaron Hernandez documentaries coming out, I'm like, ah, oh, what else? Yeah, I remember he just, he killed a guy, right? He killed a guy. And then you remember, it's like, no, no, no. He didn't just kill a guy. He probably killed like five people and numerous others and all this other stuff. I mean, it was just like, it was insanity, man. And that Jose Baez guy, you ever get trapped up in a bad situation? <laughs> He got Casey Anthony out of that yeah. obvious murder, and he got Aaron Hernandez out of a double murder after the jury already knew that Aaron was convicted of another murder, and he had a lifetime life sentence tattoo on his neck showing to the jury, and Jose Baez got him off of it. I don't know how that works. I have no idea how that works, but it was a very interesting situation. All your headers in soccer, though, and all the hundreds of tackles you made in football, yeah. you've probably had a concussion. Yeah. You could make CT jokes. CT jokes. That's the rule. I think I have had a few concussions. That's, the, that's my rule. I think I have had a few concussions, but I I don't think like after you watch that, it's like. See now I can't watch it. Same reason that I uh, didn't watch um, Doctor Ben and Amalu. The concussion, movie. concussion, concussion. Movie. dude. It was that documentary was I. See, you, and you watch it and you're like, you get ten minutes into. I got a text from Nick when he was eight minutes into it. He was like, just started the Aaron Hernandez documentary. Man, this is going to be sad. And it really was. It was just a tragic story about a wasted talent that couldn't ever be an actual human. Like, he wasn't an actual human. He was just a completely different specimen. He was so young, too. That's the worst part. 23 to, years he old. He went to Florida at 17, you know? Since, was Urban in this? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. A couple times. Huh. Hey, urbanized beef is done. Gone. But I think <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. A lot he of was other... either he didn't care whatsoever about anything he did, or he was the dumbest human being on the face of the earth. I don't know. You got to remember, in college towns, football players get in fights and things like that. These are things that happen in college. Not towns. even in the college stuff. I'm talking about afterwards. Like when you look at the mountain of evidence they found against him, he either didn't care if he got caught. Or, or Aaron, just, you're talking about? Yes, Aaron. Not yeah, Urban. see, we were talking about Urban Meyer yeah, there no, for no, a no. second, so we got to clarify that you're yeah, talking sorry. about Aaron Hernandez. Yeah, Aaron Hernandez did not care. His gum and blunt are sitting right next to the <laughs> dead guy that's a half a mile away from his house. I mean, he, he was just a buffoon, obviously. I mean, he was just a dumb, dumb, dumb person. Or he was just oblivious to the fact that there was laws and rules that you just cannot... <laughs> Returned cannot. a rental car yeah. with the shell casings in the car just, still. Just in case. He was just dumb. I mean, it was, now, he was if, just. I would assume if he has Jose Baez as his um, his lawyer, they would argue like, "You think he's that stupid to leave the yeah, shell casing and this and that? He was obviously framed by these other two guys, blah blah blah, that whole thing." But I think he was just a buffoon. I honestly think he was a buffoon. And then the conversations that he was having with people from jail while on trial for murder with outside people, just basically incriminating himself in every single conversation. It was just like this guy. He had no idea that he was even existing as a human, I think. And that is scary to me, by the way, that that that, that human can just exist. Mm -hmm. And I would assume there's a lot more. They always said the worst thing that happened to him was being drafted by the Patriots because he went back to where he knows everyone. Did they highlight that? Oh, yeah. yeah. And Urban Meyer in there uh, even talked about, he said that one of the problems that he recognized with Aaron Hernandez, and, I, and people have tweeted me that Nick Saban said this as well in an interview before Aaron Hernandez went to Florida. He said, you have to keep him out of his hometown. You have to keep him away away from where he was and urban meyer said every single time he went back there's something happened and then he came back and urban meyer said a big part of it was trying not to let him go back there then he gets drafted mm -hmm. there he's paid a lot of money there given all access there and it was just kind of a recipe for disaster from jump street with his dad and his mom his situation and his 
decision making is just sad for everybody and I think that's what I got from the documentary I was up to like 1 one thirty watching that thing by the way because the more and more it came out I was like oh damn I remember that oh my god I didn't know that and then to think that I, I might have dapped that guy up on a football mm-hmm. field and then just a couple weeks later he went and killed somebody I mean that's just to be able to flip that switch I'm always intrigued by those things I'm always intrigued mm-hmm. by the humans that walk amongst us that have this ability to kill and then just go about their lives I have no idea how you do it Aaron Hernandez was somebody that was able to do it and it was just a sad sad story somebody that was very gifted very special very talented blew it all because he was uh, a victim of being a buffoon and that is just it was a sad sad story it almost seems like he had like a split personality oh, because yeah. you look at like serial killers or whatever like those people aren't in like the limelight constantly like he's playing football on Sundays everyone knows who he is like being able to actually like manage those two situations like that's almost impossible to grasp interviews too yeah like having to do interviews and like he's like in his interviews likable seems to be laughing I remember one of his last tweets after this all came out he's like a Puma photo shoot like Puma was like uh Twitter is there any way (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was just, you're talking about a guy who, it it feels like had everybody fooled, except for a collection of people that live in the same world that he was dabbling in at night, you know? And it's just, I didn't know humans could do that, to be honest. And that's what the documentary showed mm-hmm. me. I, I forgot about it. It was jarring his lack of remorse for anything. And then the one thing, I don't want to spoil it too much, but there was one moment, it's chilling. It's in the first couple of minutes, he, he's in his jail cell and he's on a phone call with his mother, I believe, and he talks about how perfect his cell looks and how much he enjoys his cell. And even the guards were like, uh, hey, there was something wrong with this guy. Like, he just adapted completely to jail life immediately. Like, just completely adapted to jail life. Was like, ah, this, ah I got a clean cell. Right, can I get some Harry Potters? I'm going to read some Harry Potters. And I'll be out of here soon. And uh, it's just, it was all very, very interesting. And then the way he went out, obviously, is just, I mean, the Aaron Hernandez story is one that kind of disappeared for a long time, and I'm happy they did this documentary to bring it back to the forefront to remind people that decision-making, upbringing, and ultimately a lack of just remorse is something that some humans have, Mm. and uh, we should learn that. The CTE brain thing, though, a lot of people, I mean, it's something that as soon as the movie Concussion came out, you heard a lot of people say, like, oh, this isn't a real thing. This is a real thing. Dr. Will Smith doesn't know what he's talking about. These people know what they're talking about. It was always like the billionaires who own the NFL did not want to be the people blamed for an inherent risk sport of football potentially ruining people's lives with this CT thing. So it was always this conversation of, oh, it's not even a real one. It's not even a real disease. It's hearsay. It's this. It's that. And then you got the people who are like, well, we can't just blame things like uh, CTE for people making terrible decisions. When they showed his brain next to somebody else's brain, like I think it's at least worthy of a discussion. And I'm not saying that it's NFL's fault. I don't think it's high school football's fault. I think whenever people play football, they understand that there's an inherent risk. But I do think that the CTE thing does affect the way humans act. And I don't, I don't take blame out of his parents. Like I don't take blame out of his upbringing and his his own self decisions that he was in the situation he was in and everything like that for him making terrible decisions. But I do believe that the brain conversation should be one that is had. And I, I think it is affecting a lot of people. Yeah. When you put the brain together with an upbringing, then it's just kind of yeah, a it's recipe part of the for... recipe. It's not the whole cause. It's yeah. a piece of the puzzle. They exactly. also showed too, he took an aptitude test or an IQ test and his so, social maturity was the lowest. A that, one only, out of 10. Yeah. <laughs> a one out of 10. What was that one that coachable though? He was like a 10 out of 10 on coachable. 
Like he was 10 out of 10 coachability, one out of 10 on social maturity. It was just, he was a recipe for disaster and he was handed the keys to everything that he ever could have possibly wanted. And a lot of people were very innocent and lost their lives because mm. of it. And I, uh, I would recommend watching it for everybody. Excusez-moi. Oui, oui. Was that Francais? Oui, oui. Huh? Ça va? Ça va bien. Okay. You get it. Time for an ad read. Zoom didn't invent video conferencing. They just made it better. Now, Zoom is how business gets done. Zoom ties together all of your communication needs into one easy app for video conferencing, phone calls, group chat, webinars, and your conference rooms. Turn any workspace into a modern, easy-to-use Zoom room, an enterprise-grade video conference room designed for instant collaboration with flawless video and audio, instant wireless content sharing, and a single tap of a button to start a meeting. And Zoom Phone works seamlessly from any device as your business phone system to make and receive phone calls, capture call recordings, and easily elevate from phone call to video if the need arises. Zoom is used by millions and millions. There we go. To connect around the world. Why wait any longer? Visit Zoom online and set up your free account today and meet happy with Zoom. This is a genius idea. Absolutely genius idea. And they make it all so damn easy. Download the Zoom app. The Zoom room, the Zoom phone, bringing things together and making it very easy for your business. It's a brilliant concept, brilliant idea. And we can't thank them enough. Zoom. Zoom, zoom, zoom. Zoom, 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 zoom. Song, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. We're being joined now by an all pro, a man that changed the game, the X Factor. Return specialist, Dante Hall. Appreciate that. What's up, my man? Hey, what's up, man? The Human Joystick is an incredible nickname. I, I hope they still call you that at the house. <laughs> Got three kids in four years. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, the Chiefs are damn good. I mean, Tyreek Tyree Hill just said, no offense to any. He said, listen, no offense to anybody. With all due respect, he said. Which normally means hammers <laughs> coming. Yes, it's coming. <laughs> he said there ain't nobody that can stop us. And to be honest, I don't think there's a single human on earth that disagrees with him. What do you see from this Chiefs team? I assume you're still a massive fan of the Chiefs. What do you see from this Chiefs team that makes them different this year than in years past? Well, first of all, he's absolutely right. And, uh, you know, sometimes when you tell the truth, the truth hurts. And <laughs> it's just what it is in this case. But I think the difference in this particular team from what I've seen in years past is – um, especially the successful Chiefs teams where um, this team can beat you despite rules like don't turn the ball over, don't have special team gaffes, don't have stupid penalties. They are so explosive, they overcome all that. And if you have any defense to go along with this particular um, offense, I mean, it's lights out. Dante, so, it's standard that if you get a block kick for a touchdown, you lose the game. That's what exactly. it is. If you get a block punt for for to, for a touchdown, you lose the game. If you muff a punt inside your own ten and they get it and they score, you lose the game. Like those are just stats that are a factual thing. Like hey, ninety percent of the time you get a kick exactly. blocked and they, they they just have this ability to withstand anything. And I think was that Texans first quarter a wake up call to a team that is already unbelievable. 
I don't think it was a wake up call at all. I think it was a fluke, to be honest. And even though we had the special team muff, we had the special team block, kick for a touchdown, the Texans turned around and did the same thing. They had a muff right inside their 10 and then went for a foolish fourth and four. So that canceled out that particular game. I just think that quarter, that half was an absolute fluke. We may never see uh, a half of football or a quarter of football like that again. Dante Hall, you changed games immediately upon stepping on the field. Who's the person for the Kansas City Chiefs that they can't, other than Patrick Mahomes, that whenever that he's on the field, it's a game changer? Oh, Tyreek Hill. I mean, it's the speed that makes him, even if he doesn't have a monster game, like a seven catch, 130, just his presence. You must put a man over the top. And then that opens up things for Kelsey, Watkins, and McCole Hardiman. So it's hands down Tyreek Hill because of the speed. You ran a 42940. That's a lie. <laughs> I think that, that that might be on Wikipedia or something. I've never seen 42. 436 is my, my <laughs> fastest. What a humble, <laughs> hey, what a humble response by the, hey, hey. I'm keeping a buck with you, Pat. Did you write that on the Wikipedia or your kids? <laughs> <laughs> Is Tyreek Hill the fastest player you've ever seen on a football field? I think so. Yes, not even close. Uh, and you have to be in person to see it. TV really doesn't do it justice. You have to see all other 21 guys and their speed in live action and then look at his speed and his jets. It's just wow. What is wow, Andy? Wow, wow. What has Andy Reid done? You think this year or maybe even last year? I mean, forgot to remember D Ford, hell of a football player for the Chiefs for a long time, and now for the Niners, he's a game changer. But if he was six inches back, the Chiefs probably win that game last year and go on and win a Super Bowl. Everybody knows that. Everybody, everybody <laughs> knows that. This year, though, if the Andy Reid conversation has always been Andy's great for the first 10 weeks first 11 weeks and then he runs out of ammo and they kind of sputter out with Patrick Mahomes and all these weapons it feels like Andy Reid could probably coach another 20 30 years and still keep it going yeah and and I think Andy Reid is going to be what Andy Reid is in my opinion the biggest difference this year is the defense we have an opportunistic defense they're actually a little more stout than they were last year I think that's the difference because when you need a key third down stop, you're getting it with guys like Ty, uh, Ty Matthew. Like, did you see the play he had on Hopkins last week mm -hmm. during the comeback? Little tidbits like that and keep the momentum running, I think is a difference. Andy Reid is going to be Andy Reid. He's going to put up points. He's going His quarterbacks are going to put up numbers. The offense is going to be top five every year. It's the defense this year that's the difference. What do you think about the Tennessee Titans? They came out of nowhere. The Baltimore Ravens looked like a completely different team than what the Baltimore Ravens look like all year. And I think the three-week break could have potentially very hurt them. But that a million percent. Yeah, a million, yeah, I agree with you. The Tennessee Titans, you know what? I would run a 4-2 to agree with you on that. <laughs> the, um, the Tennessee Titans, though, have this team that seems to be built to win playoff games. They have a stout defense. They have solid special teams, even though they don't kick field goals. Brett Kern is an absolute stud, keeps the ball away from the returner. And that offense with Derrick Henry in the background, who's not only running for cash, but he's running through individuals. Is there a chance that the Titans can upset the Chiefs this weekend, or do you see that or no? I mean, it's absolutely a test. And it's funny, the, the, the comment you just made, because I actually was thinking about this, or in another interview, we talked about it. But... um. Think about this. You got this new school Andy Reid offense that's just throwing the ball all over the place. And then you got the old school, kind of your era, definitely my era, of uh, smash mouth, like you say, run game, um, strong defense, strong special team. That has been the formula for years, if not forever, to win 
uh, Super Bowl. So it's going to be interesting to see which style wins out. Is it smash mouth D or is it opportunistic D and crazy offense? It's going to be a styles game this week. So I'm looking forward to that. The Chiefs could have put up 100 points last week. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if. I don't know how long Derrick Henry and that Titans offense have to keep Patrick Mahomes on the sideline, but it's going to have to be a long damn time because I think in a matter of four minutes, they scored 24 points or something like that. That, Crazy. Is, that is insanity. Let's move over to the NFC side now. Niners-Packers. Obviously, everybody loves that Niners defense. Everybody loves Kyle Shanahan and his big brain. He's also a very good coach, but the Packers have Aaron Rodgers. And I think that is literally what you have to remember in all these conversations. They have a better defense than they've had in the past. They have Aaron Rodgers, who always seems to get it done in these types of situations. But that Niners team looks like they are going to be tough, especially at home in Santa Clara. What are your thoughts? Yeah, my thoughts, I agree with everything you just said, but I think the Niners pull it out. Um, the defense is just going to be too stout. When you can rush four, uh, and that's how you stop a great quarterback like and Rodgers, Tom Brady. You have to be able to get there with just four. And that's what the Niners can do. But then the Niners can also be explosive on offense. I like Garoppolo. Some people are kind of iffy. I really like him. If Bill Belichick was behind this guy, I'm definitely behind this guy. <laughs> and my eyes tell me to be behind this guy. And I love the rookie Samuels. I like the vet Sam Samuels too. But the rookie Samuels is a difference maker. So with that front four, the difference maker with Samuels, and Garoppolo, I think they get it done. I like the Niners in this one. What a hilarious line there. Listen, what did I say? If Bill Belichick <laughs> likes that guy. <laughs> then because everybody's been talking about how Jimmy G's just a game manager. He doesn't really win games for the Niners. But it is forgotten that there was a lot of rumors and conversation that Billy B wanted to go with Jimmy G instead of Tommy B <laughs> there for a long time. And then they had to get him out of town because of the conversation. That's you got right. your gold chain over there. You busting flows and dropping hey. bars on us right now. <laughs> hey, this is a t-shirt. We don't have it up for sale yet. Oh, 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 oh. Man, you see that? It looks real, doesn't it? I thought that was a real Cuban leak. Hey. <laughs> hey, we'll send one to you, man. I can't afford the Cuban links. We'll send one to you. Did you watch that Aaron Hernandez documentary yet? I started it last night. I started it last night. How sad. I mean, yeah, yeah. Sad, <laughs> baffling. Um, I, I'm watching to see is there anything new I'm going to learn? You know what I mean? Like, what? Because I've seen the, the documentaries, I've seen the, you know, the stories, read articles. I'm waiting to see, is there anything new that's going to make me be more on this side? Not on this side, but more understanding of why, or if I'm just going to be left feeling the same way. You know, it, I, for, I had forgot about it. To be honest, I forgot about the Aaron wow. Hernandez. Yeah, like I, I think that is that, that is how bad my I would. You, you're a millennial, aren't you? No. I think you are that millennial. I have. Well, oh, oh, oh. Okay, right. boomer. Y'all just forget that short span, short attention span. You're a millennial. I, well, I mean, obviously, we remember. I remember there, but I forgot just about how good he was. Hey, I forgot about how good he was at football. Like, I, I think that is something that doesn't get talked about whenever you think about Aaron Hernandez. He was so good at football. He was so rich, and he threw everything away because he was just a terrible decision maker. And I don't think anybody in the locker room had any idea that he had the second life that was happening outside. I honestly don't think that. And I think that's the most surprising thing to me is that in the locker room, I feel like you get to know everybody. That's what when people retire, they miss the camaraderie, the brotherhood in yeah, the locker yeah. room. I think I think Aaron Hernandez, I, I don't think he had much camaraderie in the locker room, and I don't think anybody had a clue what was going on outside. I, I agree completely because what guy, if throughout all the documentaries, what teammate was he constantly with? 
You never see a guy. It was always guys outside of football. And, you know, like you say, typically you're going to be cool with all 53 men on the roster, but you're going to cling to a two or three or four. I didn't, I've never seen this guy attached closely to any of his teammates. So I agree. I don't think any of them knew because I don't think he was hanging with them. That's interesting. Who's your favorite person that you ever played against or with? With is easy. He's not even a big name. Sylvester Morris. He's still my best friend today. He was at my wedding. I was in his wedding. He was a first-round draft pick. He had injuries that totally derailed his career. First-round draft pick, played one year in the NFL. First-round draft pick, oh. Sylvester Morris. He's by far my favorite guy, even though what he's position? not the biggest name. What position? Wide receiver from Jackson State. He was 6'4", ran a 4'3", at 2. I think he played at 215. And he got drafted first-round out of Jackson State after playing one year. He was a beast. But because he was built like a damn chicken and had chicken <laughs> legs, he couldn't, he got a, uh, he tore both his ACLs up and he had a hip injury. And I just think it's because, you know, it was, that was just a freakish body he had. 6'4, 215, running a 438. It's kind of like um, AJ Green. Guys like that are tall, slender. It's just, it's hard to stay healthy. And what are your thoughts on the XFL? I think you would, if you were in your prime right now, you might score 45 touchdowns <laughs> with the new XFL rules. Nobody's allowed down the field before the ball is punted. The kickoff rules, nobody's allowed to get a running start for cover. You might score literally 45 touchdowns if you're in the XFL right now. Do you yeah, like I those agree rules? Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, that's, that's just backyard football these guys got. Organized back, backyard football. It's crazy. You like it or hate it? You think the NFL will adapt? I like it. I like it. Of course you do. <laughs> I like it because football, the offseason is just too long. You got freaking baseball going nine months. You got basketball lasting eight, nine months or whatever. And football, it's like we have to wait. What was coming up? February 1st? Just look at all the time in between. So I don't mind a little XFL, a little football in between that time span. Who's your favorite returner in the league right now? Right now? Yeah. Oh, that's easy. McCall Hardiman. <laughs> Come on. McCall I mean, Hardiman. I mean, I mean, isn't it crazy though? Tyree Kill. If Tyree Kill was just to focus on returning, he would be an oh. All Pro returner every single year. Every single year he would be. And somehow Andy Reid and that personnel. I don't know who the GM makes the decisions over there. They have found somebody that Brett Veach. Brett Veach. He's a beast. Yeah, I mean. Obviously, he is because you you take Tyreek Hill and you're like, how would you ever want to take Tyreek Hill out of the return game? They're like, ah, don't worry about it. We got this other guy that just, just drop right well, in. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I think what happened, if you remember when Tyreek got into the little trouble in the offseason, no one knew if he was going to still be on the team, get suspended, any of that. It was looking very bad for him when it first came out. And this was around draft time. So I think what happened was – uh, the Chiefs didn't know, and they went and got an insurance policy. And it just so happened in a fortuitous, fortuitous way that mm. the Chiefs were able to keep both of them. Now mm. you got two speedsters, two return men, and you can put the rookie back there and save Tyreek. That's really what happened. You know what you could do? You can do that, uh, that fake return. You know, where the the one guy acts like he's catching the ball. I assume they're going to bust that out at some point. Tyreek Hill. I hope not. I don't want to see anything. No, no, no more. Just let McCole catch the ball and take off running. <laughs> <laughs> no tricks. Don't put Tyreek back there. None of that. Just let McCole Hardman do his thing. He saved us two games so far. You've been watching the Chiefs um, um, in week 
what game was that? It was the final week he saved uh, the team. We the were down 24. He broke a return, broke the game wide open. We're down last week. He breaks a big return when we're down 24-7, gets the ball rolling. So I really like his momentum. I like what he's done in the last few few weeks. Returners can change the game. They don't get enough respect. Dante Hall, you deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. I can't wait to see that happen. The Human Joystick, thank you so much for your time, ladies and gentlemen. The X Factor, Dante Hall. My man. Thank you, man. Cheers. Good luck to the Chiefs. Peace. Um, the Chiefs are such a dynamic team. And it feels like they're not going to let what happened last year or anything get in their way. That first quarter could have brought them down, could have disparaged them a little bit. Instead, they just continued to stack and believe. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how you stopped that team. Honestly, I don't know how you stopped that team. But nobody knew how you stopped the Baltimore Ravens. And the Tennessee Titans were able to do it because Mike Vrabel has that team believing. Mike Vrabel has a team that's built to travel. That team does not care about the noise that the kingdom's going to bring. They do not care about how cold it's potentially going to be. They don't care about how many points the Chiefs are going to score they're going to do what they do they're going to run the ball the offensive line is going to control the line of scrimmage but if they have to punt just a few times you have to think that Patrick Mahomes and that offense are going to be able to figure out the Titans defense and score just because that's what they've been able to do all the damn time them going down by that much and then being able to come back and win is probably the best thing ever to happen to them it was a, it was whether it was a wake-up call or not it seems like it was and now they're going into this week like we cannot let that happen again or if they get down, like, hey, you remember we were oh, down 24 cool. zip? Yeah. <laughs> remember, hey, remember just like last week we were down 24 zip and nothing happened. We got to get to a break. 1041 here on the East Coast, 741 West Coast. Shout out to Dante Hall for joining us. That guy used to be light. He's awesome. He was. He was very cool. At the draft, he was awesome, too. He should be in the Hall of Fame. I agree. There's not enough spots every year, though. You know what I mean? That's yeah. the problem. Not enough spots every year. And then you have to pay respect. It's just like the NFL all-time team. Like, they had to pay respect to the legends that built the game. Like, you know what I mean? It's just an interesting thing, the politics game. But he was a game changer. He opened the door, I think, for guys like Devin Hester. He opened the door for these guys that became return specialists. And to be honest, back in the day, there was only team, like one or two teams that had great specialists, and they benefited from it. Nowadays, it's everybody has mm-hmm. a returner. Gentlemen. Valentine's Day is right around the corner, and Valentine's Day might be a holiday about love and romance, but we all know it's an effort holiday. Valentine's Day is an effort holiday. It's a holiday that your lady is just hoping that you put forth just a little bit of effort to prove that you love her, to prove that you're thankful that you get to kiss her. On Valentine's Day, the perfect way to cap it off would be with some long, passionate sex. Yep, that's right. I'm talking about the good old sexing. I'm talking about sexing for longer than you've ever sexed before because it's an effort holiday about love and romance. I'm talking about sex after you've wiped your kitten caboodle with Roman swipes. Roman is a men's health company that is helping men with a lot of things. But what they want to help you with the most, especially in this situation right now that we're talking about, is having longer, better intercourse. No longer do you have to be the guy that just... Quick. Quick draw McGraw. No longer do you have to be quick skeet Pete. No longer do you have to be soon come 
bomb. You could be a guy that lasts long because Roman swipes are easy to apply and they arrive at your house in very discreet packaging so nobody has a clue. It's small enough to fit in your pocket. All you got to do is just wait until time has come to make love. You wipe it on there. It's, it dries. It does not go to your partner. It is just a weapon for you to use on your kit and caboodle. Right now, you get free two-day shipping whenever you go to GetRoman.com, code USA, free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com using code USA for free two-day shipping. Longer, better sex. Joining us now is a man. I'm trying to get the amount of years he played, and you have to do the math. He played forever for the Buffalo Bills and amongst others. <laughs> Linebacker, recently retired, superstar, Lorenzo Alexander. Hey, what's up? What's up? What's going on? Hey, congratulations on retirement, brother. Hell of a run you guys went on, too. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's been great, man. The last four years up in Buffalo have been awesome. How Now, going into retirement, did you know coming into the season this was potentially it? Was it midseason? When did you have that conversation? Yeah, it was definitely uh, potentially coming in this last season. Uh, me and my wife had talked about it really over the last two or three years. Obviously, getting older, our kids are getting older and want to be a part of their lives. Uh, but I didn't make the decision probably around week eight, week nine, um, body feeling bad. Um, all those type of things that go into your mind. This is how I feel as an older player. But mainly the main reason was it came down to choosing my family and really wanting to be there for, for my kids, for my wife, travel, and really enjoy uh, the things that we sacrificed over the last 15 years and be able to do it with um, a high quality, you know, not limping around, gipping around if I continue to play this game. You know, every Hall of Fame speech, normally there comes a time where the Hall of Famer says, I apologize to my kids for not being around enough. That doesn't, yeah. get, that doesn't get thought about a lot by NFL players whenever you're in it. It's a very selfish profession. You're not around a lot. you got to do what you got to do. And the wife and yeah. the mom usually has to carry a lot of the burden. I'm happy you're making that decision. Yeah, I appreciate it. And, and like you said, my wife has really held it down. And, 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 and what it started becoming for me is that, you know, I believe in faith, family, and football. And being an older player, I, I had to start preparing to prepare. All the massages, the dry needling, acupuncture, you know, the stretching. All those type of things that would add additional time on top of my regular preparation that took additional time away from the kids. You played 15 years. Luke Keekley just retired after eight. Do you blame him right. for that decision, or did you see it coming? Yeah, uh, not at all. I mean, obviously, uh, Luke has had some issues with uh, concussions, and at the end of the day, um, this game is not worth uh, your livelihood and, and the quality of life um, that you want to be able to live on You know, with his family, with his, his future kids. Um, and all those other things that this game can strip from you if you if you are dumb tough, as I call it, and try to push through things that you shouldn't do, push through. I agree completely. Uh, I'm very happy for you, very happy for Luke Keekley. Let's move to these games now. 15 years in the yeah. NFL. Have you ever seen an offense with this many weapons like the Kansas City Chiefs have right now? Um, Not really, not at all. I mean, they, they operate on so many different levels. I mean, it's a high-octane offense. And, and once they figure you out, and you know, I've been around or compete against Andy Reid coach teams often, and once he gets his his thumb on you, it's it's you might it might be night night. I've been a plenty many times when I played against him up in uh, Philly when I was with the Redskins, and they put a fifty spot on us. And so um, that's probably the only other time I've seen a team kind of made up like this when they had Deshaun, they had Vic, they had Shady, um, um, they had a lot of weapons offensively, and you just can't double one guy because anybody can beat you at any time. What do the Titans have, and what have the Titans done with their team now? I, you guys played them earlier in the season. Yeah. They have evolved since then, right? I mean, Ryan Tannehill has become this special. Um, 
Am I, I wouldn't right? say they have evolved. I think they figured out how to win and execute at a high level, uh, and they're and they're much very similar to Baltimore, and they beat Baltimore at their own game. They're going to ground and pound you, play great defense, try to get up on you, you know, maybe one or two scores, and then turn it into a four-minute offense and hand the ball off to Derrick Henry over and over and over again until you get tired of tackling him. And then the fourth quarter, he comes up big with another score. And then on defense, they play good, sound, uh, great defense and, and create turnovers and give the ball back to their offense. And so they're not going to wow you but they're going to play sound football, you know, kind of throw back a little bit when you play them, you know, kind of back to early in my career um, in the NFL. So they're a little bit of a throwback uh, style team. Do they have what it takes to, to stop this Chiefs team that is a complete buzzsaw? Defensively, they, they're going to have to create some turnovers. They, they, you know, if it gets into a, you know, uh, a shootout in a sense where they have to try to score 21, 24, 28 points, they lose the game. But if they can keep it low scoring, uh, create some turnovers, make them kick field goals when they get into the red zone. Uh, they'll have a shot, definitely, because nobody wants to tackle De- uh, Henry when it's when the game is tight in the fourth quarter. That's what I was about to say. Everybody talks about having to tackle Derrick Henry. I, I don't think I've heard this yeah. many elite players talk about having to tackle oh, a human. Yeah, I mean, you you have to make up your mind, you know. And uh, <laughs> you know, obviously, I've competed against him in the last two or three years a couple of times, and you. He's beat me, I've beat him, and we've had some draws. But you have to physically bring it to him all day long. And as a DB, I can't be mad at a DB who may be 175, 190, and you got this guy that's 250 that's coming again, and they cracked, and you got to replace. Most guys don't make that business decision or even hold on and wait for the cavalry to come. But by that time, he's either stiff-armed you or made you miss, and he's you know, out the gate. What is that? Is that like a, a boxer preparing for a fight, I'd assume? Like, hey, <laughs> I'm going to have to run into this dude. Uh, I'm going to have yeah, to. Uh, right. But it, but the issue is that most guys, we even saw like Earl um, E.T. make a, a statement last week. Like they're going to have the mindset to come out and tackle him. But you do that in the first, second quarter, and then that third, he, he popped you one time, and then that third, fourth quarter, you're like, I'm going to go in there, but I don't really want it. <laughs> you know, and so it just happens. And it's, it's natural after you try to keep tackling a big man like that who, who's relentless. What do you think about that Niners defense, and how are they going to cause problems for Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers and his Green Bay Packers team right. have won close games now. They've been very close, but they've won. They've continued to win. The defense has been opportunistic, but everybody's talking about this Niners defense being fully healthy, Jimmy G yeah. and that offense getting into a groove. How do you see that game playing out, and what can Aaron Rodgers do against that defense? Uh, it, you know, it's going to be hard. I mean, I, I, I love the Niners uh, front four. I mean, obviously, they're all first rounders, very elite, and they get after the quarterback, and, and they play the run very well as well. So it's really going to be led by them. And, and uh, for Aaron, if he can't get to a rhythm early, if they're you know, able to take away Parker, uh, maybe double-team him, and his first read is off, it's going to give those guys up front to get to him. And so it's going to be very tough because I think a Kyle Shanahan offense, again, you know, they game plan well. Uh, they don't care how they beat you. They're going. They, they're going to exploit your weaknesses by running the ball or passing it, and coming up with some things that, to really attack your weaknesses. So, in my mind, I think it's going to be the 49ers that that come out with the victory in this game. I think everybody's thinking that it's a seven and a half point spread right now. I mean, it's more than a score right now for that Packers team right. who's been in three point games basically all year. That's a large number, I think. Yeah, and they, and they found ways to win, obviously because of Aaron and and what he's able to bring to that table as far as being a league quarterback, but. This 49ers team is probably one of the most complete teams I've seen for a while. You know, obviously having the core up front, playing great defense, and then offensively being able to beat you multiple ways, whether it's the passing game, the running game, and they have a, a pretty good quarterback themselves. 
What do you think about the future of the Buffalo Bills? You guys had a hell of a run this year, and I think everybody yeah. everybody enjoyed watching. Now, granted, they're going to have to replace you, which is a veteran leader right. and a hell of a player. <laughs> right. That's going to be difficult, but this Bills team looks like you guys are they're potentially on a rise. Yeah, the, the culture that we've established here over the last three years is definitely on the right trajectory, and the guys like uh, Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, Tremaine Edmonds, Tredavious White, um, Josh Allen, those guys are going to take the reins of you know the absence of me as far as leadership. And this team is going to take a next step. We got $90 million um, that Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott have at the disposal this offseason. And they've been very smart just looking at the history of the guys that they've identified as obviously great football players, but then great leaders that they can bring in here and then add to what they have. And so and includes the draft. I think those guys are going to do a great job. And this football team is going to take the next step because they're really starting to hit their prime. You know, Josh and Jermaine going into their third year, really be starting to solidify themselves as, as um from uh, middle range players to now step into that elite, that elite level, kind of like what your Davis did this year playing corner. So it's a lot of promise. And I haven't even mentioned Devin Singletary and what he brings to the table. Uh, so it, it's going to be a big time. I, I think next year they get a home, a home playoff game and, and make a run. And the Patriots are potentially dead. So that's just what happened. Lorenzo, congratulations on your retirement. And every time we have you on the show, I'm nothing short of impressed. You're going to do great things. Thank you so much for joining us. All right, Pat. Appreciate you guys. Lorenzo Alexander, 15 years, linebacker in the NFL. Sorry to interrupt. I just want to let you know that, hey, new year, new opportunities. Flipping the calendar creates endless possibilities. New and exciting things are coming your way. You just have to be ready for them. And it all starts with earning your master's degree at Ashford University. Make this the year you advance your career by earning your master's degree and get started today at Ashford University. It's very convenient and very flexible. Ashford University's online master's degree programs allow you to learn at your own pace. You can study wherever you're the most comfortable learning. You take one course at a time. Ashford University's six-week-long courses allow you to take one course at a time. Being enrolled in one class at Ashford means you are considered a full-time student. Very easy enrollment. The GRE, the GMAT, and other standardized test scores are not required for enrolling at Ashford. Ashford University is fully accredited by WASC Senior College and University Commission. Get ready to grab new opportunities. Start your master's degree today. Enroll now by going to ashford.edu slash PAT. That's A-S-H-F-O-R-D dot E-D-U slash P-A-T to start your master's degree today. Ashford.edu slash Pat. Go get your damn masters. One course at a time. At your own pace. A beautiful thing from Ashford University. Hey, let's get to stupid questions I've been asked by sports shows. You got it. Let's do that brand new segment that we started a couple weeks ago because we are a sports show and other sports shows ask questions that we should probably ask, but it's very difficult to take them serious whenever the questions are as such, Mr. Tone Diggs. This question has been asked the last few days on a couple shows. Who would you draft number one, Tua or Burrow? Yeah, this is a wild question because I understand that going into the year, the tank for Tua situation was a real situation. I mean, that was a real conversation. Tua was this guy who came into Alabama and was able to drop a ball into a bucket with his offhand. Remember, he is a righty. His <laughs> yeah. dad forced him to be a lefty, and he was able to pick apart defenses in the SEC, something that Alabama didn't always do. Alabama normally relied on their running back, their offensive line, and good defense. And then Tua gets in there, wins a national championship by picking people apart. And he was this proto-style quarterback where he could sit back in the pocket, he looked good, and he could really dissect defenses and all these things. 
top prospect, everybody's eyes. Nobody even knew who Joe Burrow was. We talked to Todd McShay. Todd McShay said Joe Burrow was probably a fifth-round, sixth-round pick going into this last season. So whenever Tua yet again has another injury with his hip and his ankle, and he's had three surgeries in two years, and you watch this Joe Burrow growth in an NFL offensive system like they had with Joe Brady as his offensive coordinator, to think that you would still take an injured Tua who says he's going to be healthy by April, but do we know, over a guy who has one of the hottest heaters right now in the history of sports, who already has an NFL offense, who has grown from 16 touchdowns to 60 touchdowns in one particular year, to say that you would take Tua over Joe Burrow would be a very dumb thing, but I do believe Tua, with one year of, you know, rest, one year of rehab, one year of maybe learning behind a veteran quarterback, could still be a very, very good NFL quarterback, but there's no way a GM right now could pick Tua over Joe Burrow because if Tua gets hurt, that GM is immediately fired because everybody in the fan base, everybody in the organization would say, well, no, doy, dummy. <laughs> So that's a dumb question, I think. But I like the fact that it spurs conversation. I just think Joe Burrow is the obvious answer there. He's earned it. And will the Cincinnati Bengals mess it up? Maybe. Carolina Panthers hires offense coordinator. Now everybody's like, are the Carolina Panthers in play to make a play for Joe Burrow? If the Cincinnati Bengals mess this layup up, mess up this alley-oop, if they LeBron James that thing off the side of the rim and they decide to trade out of there and not get a new franchise player, a new face of the team, an Ohio kid that looks like he would love that opportunity, if they end up trading out of there to get more picks and let somebody else pick them up, they are going to look stupid, but I think that's what Bengals fans have come to expect of the Bengals organization. I just don't think there's any chance they do it, but if any team was to do it, the Cincinnati Bengals or... The Detroit Lions Come would on. do it. <laughs> now, people would say this is driving the price up on Burrow, but Bengals coaches are already talking that Burrow checks all the boxes. Yes, he checks all the boxes, and he's from Ohio, which is just a whole other level for Ohioans, I would assume. Mm-hmm. And the fact that the Athens County food drive, and he's already a hero to the state. He's on this incredible heater. He smokes cigars. He's his Midwestern. I mean, it's just he's everything that you would want if you're the Cincinnati Bengals organization. But look for teams to try to bait the dum-dums at the Bengals out of that situation to make a mistake and potentially miss out on a franchise player. Also, look for a lot of smoke screens from teams that are behind in the draft to build up Tua to be better than Joe Burrow just in an attempt to hopefully persuade the Bengals to build up Tua. There's a lot of smokescreen. There's a lot of misdirection. There's a lot of teams that are hoping to make other people make other decisions. It's a lot of chess, a lot of poker, a lot of setup. I think Joe Burrow is just the perfect candidate for the Cincinnati Bengals. This is just like when Andrew Luck was taking visits. He was at the Colts. He, he took a visit to the Colts before the draft, and I happened to see him there. And uh, West Virginia is our tie. His dad was the athletic director at West Virginia at the time. He knew a lot about Morgantown and all that stuff, so he knew he knew who I was, and obviously I knew who he was, and I was in the training room, and he walked in. He was meeting everybody. I was like, Andrew, what's up, man? Your life's got to be pretty hectic. He was like, yeah, I got to go to the Washington Redskins tomorrow or whatever, and I was like, Why? Like, have we not already told you we're drafting? He was like, uh, well, I have to take all the visits, Pat. And like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, well, if we don't draft this guy, I mean, uh, we're making a mistake. And he, he couldn't say anything, but it was still like he had to do all his, mm. you know, his visits and things like that. There's stuff that's going to start happening that's going to come out about how good Tua is and all this stuff. They're going to be trying to persuade the Bengals that for some reason to take Tua instead of Joe Burrow. And it, honestly, if the Bengals mess this up, if the Bengals trade out of there... <laughs> and let another team get Joe Burrow, 
I, I will love it. <laughs> I will absolutely love it because it gives us a lot to talk about. But Bengals fans wouldn't deserve that. I, I think Joe Burrow is obviously number one. You want pick. a dumb take? Yeah. A team that could do it and has the ammo to do it? Jacksonville. They have two first-round picks from L.A. in this year and next year's draft. So they have four first-round picks in the next two years. Well, I, well, the Jacksonville wouldn't be dumb to do that. I don't think Jacksonville – the Bengals would be the ones that would yes. be dumb to do that. I, the Bengals not having a franchise player. I mean, Andy Dalton got a lot of wins for the Bengals. The Bengals won a lot of games. People forget that. The Bengals, in not so far history, right? Like I think like four years ago, five years ago, they'd win like eleven games, ten games. They were in playoffs. They were doing all these things. They just never got over the hump. Then it obviously all just started to spiral out of control. A lot of Bengals fans say that Marvin Lewis doesn't get enough credit, by the way, for winning. Hmm. Yeah, he won a lot they in had the regular a regular season. They had a lot of players though too. I mean, they had a lot of good players. Yeah. You remember Hushmanzada back oh, in the day in oh, yeah. Ocho and holy Carson Palmer was there and they had a good offensive line there for a while. They were just never able to get over the hump. And now after this last year whenever they were trying to win and they just couldn't do it, a lot of people asked the question of the Bengals stink. Are they going to stink forever? If they trade out of that first pick and choose not to get their franchise player, I would say that they're they're destined to stink forever. The uh, first five years that Dalton was there, they had nine wins, ten wins, eleven wins, ten wins, and twelve wins. That's what Dalton doesn't get any credit either. <laughs> no, because he he obviously has that uh, delicious ginger hair that <laughs> quite a grow up. Whenever he 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 doesn't get any credit for being a good football player. Got benched this year on trade day on his birthday <laughs> then gets brought back wins a game loses a game i mean andy dalton doesn't get nearly enough credit as well but the Bengals have never been able to win that thing would anything short of winning a super bowl be a failure for patrick mahomes uh, what a dumb question but <laughs> every team that doesn't win the super bowl feels as if the season is a failure the only reason you are playing in the nfl is to win the super bowl every single season everybody start starts at the bottom of the mountain and they're trying to make it to the top of the mountain whether you don't make the playoffs or you end up losing in the playoffs it's the same outcome for every team but one which is a disappointment patrick Mahomes in his third season second year playing if he doesn't win the super bowl now let's assume he's going to win it within the next couple of years but yes it is a failure if you don't win the super bowl every single year that is just what it is you look at the miami dolphins their front office was getting rid of people that didn't think fit and the idea was tank for Tua. but flores had those boys ready to go and try to win a super bowl every single week that's just how the game you play to win the game yes it's a failure if you don't win the super bowl especially with this team you know what it was last year too a failure that they didn't win the super bowl that's just the way it goes but patrick mahomes only in his second year he's about to sign for 200 million dollars if he doesn't win the super bowl it's a failure just like it's a failure for dustin colquitt the punter for the team that they didn't win the super bowl this is my favorite one Will Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks come back next season primed for a Super Bowl run? Nope. They're going to stink next year. <laughs> Russell Wilson just has decided right now that next year they're not going to be primed for a Super Bowl run. Could you imagine writing that question and being like, you know what, let's talk about this. Are the Seattle Seahawks going to be primed for a Super Bowl run next year? Every team thinks they're primed for a Super Bowl run. We talked to Joe Thomas. Joe Thomas didn't play in one single playoff game. He's considered one of the greatest offensive linemen of all time. The greatest offensive lineman of all time. Didn't play in a playoff game one time. Was almost defeated every single game that he lined up in. And he said every single year he had the mindset that they were going to win the Super Bowl that year. Because that's what the NFL is. The NFL is a group of men who are played to play professional football, who are very good at their jobs, who have a coach that rallies them. And in training camp, you buy into this belief that you're going to be a good team because you have to. Because you're surrounded by a bunch of great football players. 
Some teams get it done. Most teams don't. But yes, they're obviously primed for a Super Bowl run. And if they say no, imagine if somebody's like, nope, next year they're going to stink. Russell Wilson's going to forget how to throw the ball when he's outside the pocket. Tyler Lockett is going to forget how to run fast. Marshawn Lynch won't be on the team anymore. That defense that has Jadavion Clowney, who's just a disruptor who doesn't pick up a bunch of stats, he's going to stink next year. And Pete Carroll is going to stop chewing gum. They have no chance of winning the Super Bowl next year. Imagine somebody said it. Those are dumb questions that are asked on the sports shows. I appreciate you, Dig. All right, I hope you guys had an incredible week. Very, very, very thankful that you choose to listen to us week in and week out. Please be sure to tweet us and talk to us and let us know what you're enjoying and what you're not enjoying. We gave away $6,000 because of the national championship with Cash App yesterday. Zito and I went to work on the Cash App. Mostly Zito, I helped. But boy, we enjoy the hell out of giving back to you guys because you make our life so incredibly awesome. Like I said at the beginning of this thing, you can listen to a lot of things and fill your time doing a lot of shit. And the fact that you share it with us, I am very, very thankful for. Have the best weekend of your life. Ty Schmidt, please play some independent music.